Bradley, you're back from vacation, back again for the first time, Billy. You're refreshed, you're renewed, you still don't have a job to go to yet um, until until next week. But, son, did you go down to the Dirty Myrtle? Is that where I saw you win? Where did you go? Yes, sir. I went down to the Dirty Myrtle, had a good time, get away with the family. You know, it's good just to get away, clear your mind from the things going on in this old world today. It was a good week to be around. You know, back in the day, uh, I know Brett Griffin talks with fond memories about going to Myrtle Beach. And there used to be a place called the Pavilion down there where uh, teenagers yeah. and young folks would go down there and raise hell. That was a hell of a fun place, a hell of a fun place to go. They had a hell of a racetrack down there um, uh, as well. But I'd say we were at a hell of a racetrack on Wednesday night, Billy. And i got to tell you something. Seeing Martinsville under the lights and and the cars looked so fantastic, and and the action <laughs> was all over the place, Billy. I I thought it was a great race. Now I took a little bit of heat on on the Twitter uh, the, the Twitter uh, texting device there, and a lot of people weren't weren't so weren't so enamored with it as I was. But I, I, that race last year was not stellar. Um, it, it, the, the package didn't work very well. Uh, we've had some issues there in the past, but I thought, by and large, two things made this this race very, very good to me. Uh, let's call it three things. Number one, I, running under the lights was was great. Number two, the package that we've got for these short tracks are it really produced. Uh, Bristol may have been one of the best Bristol races I've ever seen. I thought Martinsville was fantastic. The package works. They fixed it. It's it's in a good direction. Also, I think the lack of practice time, Billy. I think the lack of running three hours of practice around there is making these races a lot better. And uh, Billy, it's Jeff Gluck's poll had about seventy five percent, which is pretty damn good to be bluntly honest with you for NASCAR fans. But Bill, I thought it was a good race. Billy, did you think it was a good race? Did you think it um, yeah. wasn't as good? What do you think? Yeah, Dan, I'm shocked you're actually catching grief over a posting it was a good race. You know, I saw some stats that it said Martinsville Wednesday night they were 1,369 green flag passes. That's 3.1 passes per green flag lap. Good Lord. And how the hell did you not say it was now Atlanta? I didn't even watch all the Atlanta race. Atlanta was a snooze fest. Martinsville... Yeah. I was on my toes walking around watching that race. There was action all the way around. I loved the race. I thought it had good action. It was good story. It was prime time, Wednesday night, under the lights. It was a shorter race. Billy, that race could have been shorter a little bit, to be honest with you, and I'd have been okay with it. Not a whole lot shorter, but it could have been a little – it could have been, you know, maybe 100 laps shorter, 75 laps shorter or something. I think we'd had just as good a race. But I I, I, think – yeah, it was a phenomenal experience. Anybody who did not like that race, I think, should have their head examined. But we talked uh, while you were on vacation. Bob and I talked about the, the dual zone tire that they were using over there. And lo and behold, Billy, I know you've got some, some things you want to talk about this on the, on Martin Truex Jr.'s right front tire. But they get a little bit of damage. They come out there and uh, they cut off uh, they, they cut off a piece of the of the nose. And then all of a sudden, Martin Truex Jr. starts running to the front. Let's go straight here to Rob Lopes and before I let Billy uh, rant and ramble. Rob, um, we got some <laughs> – you can see yes. on TV under the lights, my God, you can see how hot those rotors were. Uh, they were shining yeah, yeah. bright in every car. It was actually kind of cool, to be honest with you, because on the William Byron paint scheme, the 24, it actually looked pretty badass. Uh, with the flames going down the side of it. But we got I, – I would have to guess that it's not even a question of whether the 19 got an advantage when they freed up that the air going over that right tire. I, I would imagine that it absolutely did help. But, Rob, bring us in, the expert here. <laughs> I, did, did that have anything to do with the 19 getting up front, staying up front? I'm not going to say – well, yes, I am going to say it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The single best. Listen, the, uh, and this is this always baffled me about going to Martinsville. It is the slowest racetrack we go to. Yeah. Okay. And all these things that we do for aerodynamics really don't have that big of an effect 
under, you know, at, at 90 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Like, your, your top speed getting into the corner is just a tick over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Because the straightaways are so short, the corners are so flat. Uh, the, what you saw, like you were talking about the brakes, those brakes are that hot during the day. You just can't see it. Yeah. Like, those, ro- those rotors glow during the day. You just can't see it on TV. At nighttime, obviously, they show right up. And, you know, we, we run big, thick rotors there and great big calipers. And there's a, you know, the brake pads are the size of a Big Mac. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to have that much brake to stop these cars. Now, the, I've always said this, is this whole aerodynamic thing, that's why when you go to a place like Martinsville, if you get damaged, you cut it off. You don't worry about taping it. You don't worry about smoothing it like when you're at, when you're at Atlanta or like where we're going this week, uh, this weekend at Homestead, you don't worry about keeping that arrow, that arrow intact. You cut it off because you don't need it. Yeah. The right front fender, if you can get that off the car, that is the single best thing you can do to that race car. Yeah. And that is because you keep that right front tire cool and that car will turn. Mm-hmm. Well, boy, it damn sure did turn. Uh, Billy Bradley, yeah. I know you're chomping at the bit to get in here and talk about something. You were somewhat – Billy, what do you think about the 19 cutting that, that damage off the front there, bud? I don't think – I didn't see – I mean, I get the whole point because, you know, I think it was in 05 or 06 when Junior, they cut the whole right side, left half of the nose off of his Budweiser car, and we saw him that year passing cars like we thought he was done. He came yeah. back out several laps down and ended up with a top five with the half of the front right side missing. You know, when I seen Truex, when I saw him bringing that style out, I thought, holy shit, all three JGR, well, actually all four counting Truex, the whole race, they they had missed the setup. I mean, you had Denny Hamlin several laps down, Kyle Busch a lap down, you know, Eric Jones was off, even started the race, Truex was off. You bring that style out, and all of a sudden, Truex has got a looks like a ten horsepower advantage on his car throughout the race. And I didn't see the damage that would warrant a style being brought out to cut that much off that right front fender. I get it. I, I totally get it. Rob, but I didn't see. Rob, you're laughing. Let me ask you a question. Did Did you see the damage prior to them cutting it off by chance? I'm going to say that the use – oh, I saw the damage, and, you know, you got to – you just got to realize you're playing the game the way the rules are laid out. You've got damage – when you've got damage on a race car, you can cut it off. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do what you need to do to make your race car right. Do I, now, that use of that saw, I mean, granted, that is quite the tool, and if I thought that they – they they had the when the seventy eight tore their race car up, I forget where it was, and they brought this what looked like a concrete saw out. Yeah. Yep. And apparently this is just a smaller version of it, because I think they were told they couldn't use that saw anymore. <laughs> apparently yeah. this is just a smaller <laughs> version of it, which that's fine. And they used that to their advantage. They had damage, they cut it off. And like I said, you, you know, you have to play within the rules that you're given, and if you take advantage of those, of these areas, then that's isn't that the idea? Isn't that the job? Isn't that our job? Uh, listen, I, I I find it I find it quite interesting that you know Billy Bradley. I'll never forget the first time you told me. Uh, I think you were at a race somewhere, and I wasn't there. And you texted me immediately. You definitely had a race. Can't remember which one it was. I think it was a mile and a half track. But you texted me after the race and said, you see all them Toyotas shaking their cars like hell on the cool-down lap before they got back to pit road? Yeah. Oh, they didn't show that there. And, you know, they had figured out a way they could maneuver the chassis a little bit, that sort of thing, getting up to high speed, and they had to reset it and all that kind of stuff. I I honestly don't know why somebody, like, uh, somebody back there in the 20s, somebody that, that's a that's a 23rd, 24th, 25th place team, why they don't try to just wreck the shit out of that thing on the first stage um, and get and, and take their little 
And, Rob, if that's not a concrete saw, then that is – it may be <laughs> 0.12 horsepower less than a fucking quickie saw. I mean, I've got seven quickie saws, so I'm well-versed <laughs> in what – they look exactly right, like – I know, I know you know what, exactly what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. That is a battery-operated low version of a concrete saw. Yeah, it it has got, uh, but the power I saw it had, that battery must be something that we only get in JGR shop. Uh, because that thing, <laughs> yeah. I, but I don't know why somebody in the 25th, you know, somewhere like that, doesn't try to do that every damn race. I mean, because that you will car see it. takes off. Uh, I think, hey, QX was running there when that happened. Well, that's like a good point. Earlier, the, JG car, the, the JGR cars were off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when and I Jenny think that's Hamlin what Billy lap. When Jenny yeah. Hamlin gets lapped at Martinsville, yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty yeah. big. Kyle yeah. Busch, and here's pretty big. When we go back to Martinsville, we're going back in the chase. It's yep. going to be a cutoff race. Yep. I guarantee you, somebody that's on the edge of not making that next round of the playoffs, yep. that's the first damn thing they're going to do is cut that damn right side fender off. Yeah, they're going to try to get some damage in there. I mean, it obviously it works, and they have to be safe. They can't leave a part out there of the car that's going to that's going to fall off and cause trouble. I mean, NASCAR doesn't want that. NASCAR also is going to have to. It's going to be interesting because this is the kind of shit that I like with NASCAR. Uh, you find a little <laughs> stuff that you exploit. People do it so that all. I mean, all of a sudden now, there ain't nobody shaking the shit out of their cars on the backstretch because so many guys figured it out that they're like, okay. And then finally NASCAR figured it out and that sort of thing. This is all to say I thought the the move by the 19 uh, to get up there because they absolutely were having a horrible race. JGR was having a horrible race. To get up there, that just shows you how much how much you take a, a crappy car and then you cut a little bit of hole over top of the right front tire and the damn thing wins by, by seconds at Martinsville, which is doesn't normally happen. Yeah. I, I thought it was – I enjoyed the fact that we saw a butt whooping. Um, I kind of liked that at Martinsville. But the reason I liked it is because the racing was so good uh, back and through the pack that uh, that it that it was it was a fun, I thought the race had everything. It had a, a fast dominant car to put an ass whooping on the field, but it had racing for position from, from one all, for, basically from two all the way back through the field there was their racing position Kurt Busch and and Chase Elliott raced around each other all damn night long the the 6 oh my god it seemed like every time they showed the 6 he was um five car lengths wide or or coming up behind somebody that was uh, doing some every time you saw two cars on the track or a pack of cars hell they were three and four they were three wide coming down through there often i thought it was a great race very good to get out there Billy? um and see it. Yeah, go ahead, bro. I can tell you this from the. You mentioned the six. I heard three wide more than I care to hear <laughs> at Martinsville. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are your three wide in the middle? And and it wasn't the three wide action wasn't for position per se. Yeah. It was you know there was a slow car. He would go to the top, and you're in the middle of trying to make a pass for position, and that puts you three wide. Yeah. And Marzo's maybe that wide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you was, get, I mean, the action was unbelievable. Um, the night race, I'll tell you what, it was pretty warm there because obviously we were in Martinsville at a time when we're not usually there. Yeah. And that place, you know, the cars are very hot. Like you saw the drivers, like uh, Newman was used up Yeah. when he got out of the car because those cars are hot. Anyway, there. Yeah, by the Brakes are hot. Exhaust is hot. Yeah. You're not moving a lot of air because you're not going that fast. Um, and it, it brought up, I'll be honest, it brought up a lot of conversation for us at the shop is, okay, what can we do to help our driver, you know, to stay a little cooler? Because we've got, and we talked about this last week, we've got a lot of hot races coming up because we're going to Texas at a time we don't usually go to Texas. We're going to Homestead at a time we don't. We're not used to going to Homestead. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be. You know, plus you got Indy on the schedule where it is, which yep. Indy's hot anyway. We've got Kansas that we usually go to a little bit earlier. Yep. Um, Kentucky, we we've, we've gone to in the summer and it's usually pretty hot and humid there. 
mean, we're coming into some dog days, and it, we got to take care of our guys. Rob, this is this is no shit. Um, I went back and looked at the temperatures for Atlanta. Uh, I mean, Bubba Wallace obviously, um, you know, passed out on TV. He's kind of scary and and weird, but it was 85 degrees. I promise mm-hmm. you, when you're in Texas, the high is going to be above 90. 185. It's going to be above 97. That's going to be the coolest it's going to be is 97. It's likely to be 102 to 104. That, that's what I'm predicting 102 uh, is going to be the high. And guess what? That fucking high isn't going to come until 3.30. You're starting right, yeah, right at 3 o'clock. So I, it is, I, I'm not even joking when I say this. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I do labor. I've got um, uh, a, a team. If anybody knows about it, you know about here. It is going to be absolutely because here's the other thing. Uh, as a as a you know OSHA, we can't work outside. We're doing concrete. We got to wear pants. We got to wear shirts. We got to have you know safety vests, hard hats. It's hot and people fucking die. And it's going to be. There are going to be multiple people, and I'm not just talking about drivers. There are going to be multiple people in that garage that are going to need assistance. I can just tell you right now, because if you don't do that shit every day, you're walking into the to the what feels like the the surface of the sun. And and I, I Billy, we've heard Dale Jr. talk about you know throughout the the years about his cool box, and Jimmy Johnson has one. Probably all the drivers doing all this. Billy, I think it's going to be time when they get to Texas that they may have to start thinking about, you know, a different way to maybe cool the the driver in there because it, the heat index is going to be 115. It's going to be 120, and and, that, and Atlanta was 80 fucking five. And that's and that's outside and that's outside the car, right? That's not that's not counting. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. It'll be 165, 170 degrees inside that car. When we stand on that synthetic turf, and 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 but if I stand out there on that synthetic turf today, today's going to be 96 in Texas. If I go out there today at 3:30 and I put my uh, my digital uh, thermometer on top of it, it is going to read 162 to 168 degrees. That, that's a fact. That's just an absolute fact. That is the fucking turf. Now, imagine being inside a car with all the heat and all that bullshit, even though you're going fast. There's no, not a whole lot of circulation in there by design. I'm legitimately concerned, and, Rob, I will be, I'll meet you at the fence. I'll toss a five-gallon bucket of gold bond over top of you. Bring your, bring your buddies. We'll, uh, uh, I, I, we, we have it in stock here in Texas. Every store carries it, but you just slap it up like wheel-bearing grease, and you'll be okay. Um, but you might want to you might want to go and get now see here let me tell you something else I'm getting off on a tangent but let me tell you what we have here in Dallas Fort Worth we have multiple and I mean dozens hear me when I say that Billy Bradley dozens of places where you can just go if you're not feeling well you can just go and um, pay 60 bucks the minimum is 60 bucks you go there and pay 60 bucks and they'll give you a, a, a bag of fluid billy bradley let me tell you when this oh, is an ideal situation um i have heard okay billy bradley i i have heard i have heard that sometimes when people go out and have a hell of a good time the next morning they may <laughs> before breakfast go stop over at one of these places and get get a little vitamin B or uh, B12 or something, put in there, some electrolytes, and they go get a bag of fluid for $75 or so, and then they, they skip out of town, uh, skip out of there and hop on a town again. We have those places yeah. all over uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, and, and it, it's hot here. And you can go, I mean, I don't know too many places where you can go buy a bag of fluid. Just, uh, I mean, these ain't hospitals. Uh, they're businesses. They cater to people who like to get Ow. drunk. They also cater to people who get too much sun. But I'm telling you, there's going to be bag, uh, fluid bag stations over there at Texas Motor Speedway. It's, it's going to be brutal. Um, we got to talk about That's this 43 true. car, though. This 43 car, Billy, out of nowhere um, earlier in this week, shows up with a Black Lives Matter hashtag on the on the back quarter panel. Um, uh, you know, two color fists uh, bumping each other, um, just positive messages, you know, peace, uh, unity, all that kind of stuff on the car. And, Billy, it, it, by and large, and I say by and large, but most of the response of seeing that car 
um, was extremely positive. There were um, NASCAR yeah. people that, that, I mean, fans of um, – uh, people that aren't even fans of Bubble Walls. It's like, wow, that's really cool. You guys can pull that off and get it together real quick. I mean, I don't I – don't, it's not like Bubble Walls doesn't have uh, – that might have been difficult with, with a top-tier driver who like Jimmy Johnson, who Ally is going to be on there, and they're going to have to give up a race or that sort of thing. I, you know, that's a you got you got sponsor right. things you have to do and all that. But he got the car done. It looked great. People outside the sport fucking loved it. Um, they, they absolutely loved it. I thought it was a. a I thought it, not only was it timely, Billy Bradley. I think it's going to go down in history as one of the most single, as probably the single race most iconic paint scheme NASCAR has ever had and it sounds weird to say that because you know why would anybody care this is this is going to be a historical moment moving forward in in NASCAR's history that absolutely should be displayed at some point in the um, Hall of Fame for what the organic um, the organic situation that brought about the change in NASCAR garage and NASCAR um, front office and, and to the entire sport. And I think it's a historical thing. I think it was fantastic that it happened. Um, but, Billy Bradley, we also had some people that thought it was, quote, unquote, garbage. And um, I've been very <laughs> critical. Uh, well, you, were, you weren't on the podcast last week. You were in uh, Dirty Myrtle um, sipping margaritas by the sea. But I, was, I have been very, and I mean, very hard on NASCAR and the drivers who all of a sudden decided to have a conscience when in 2016 the same shit was going on, but everybody was too worried about their image or or rocking the boat or those sorts of things. You had Richard Childress coming out and saying, anybody doesn't stand for the flag here is going to fucking get fired. And I said... Well, you even had Richard Petty, the like, yeah. public car owner. He said That's the right. same exact thing, if That's I'm right. not mistaken. No, he, he did, because we had a big discussion about it on the podcast, Billy. And yeah. I said, um, Richard Childress is a fucking moron. As a business owner, the last thing he needs to do is go out there and say something as dumb as that which is still true today. It was true then. It was true today. I don't get. I own my own business. I would never handle right. anything like a shaking my an iron fist and and daring my employees to do something like that. I thought it was extremely poor taste. I don't give a fuck what he thinks about the flag, but it was extremely poor taste and a terrible way to handle your employees. I said that and that only. I didn't even tell everybody what my stance was on the flag. And I, shit, you would have thought that I I called everybody that was listening a motherfucker. Uh, it was just the, the outrage was terrible, and and I've been so pissed off that NASCAR nor or none of, Dale Jr. didn't say shit, Jeff Gordon didn't say shit, Jimmy Johnson didn't say shit. None of the stars in NASCAR said anything. As a matter of fact, when Kyle Larson said the N word, Dale Jr. didn't say shit, Jimmy Johnson didn't say shit, Cliff Boyd, nobody came out and said anything about it until um, there was enough. Time that went by, they were like, man, that's, you know, we can't do that. We've got to move forward. But nobody said anything immediately afterwards, Billy Bradley, because they were all trying to gauge what it was going to look like if they, what they came out and said. And, and, and maybe some of them were worried about, oh, shit, I've been around Kyle Larson, and maybe I said the N-word too, or he said it in front of me or something. There was definitely um, a pause in 2016 when we should have banned the fucking flag and didn't, and there was definitely a pause. In 2020, after Kyle Larson said the N-word, now all this other stuff happens. And I've been extremely critical because I thought, hey, you can talk about it all you fucking want. Talking about it doesn't mean shit. I'm, a, I'm an action guy. You can tell me, hey, the sky is purple, and I'm not going to believe it until you fucking show me the sky is purple. Well, Billy, I'm backtracking. I saw this week Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, I believe Kyle Bush, I'm not 100% sure. Kyle Bush, yep. Kyle Bush, they all um, decided that they're not going to use Beam Design, who, by the way, is a hell of a helmet painter. Um, I mean, Billy, his, his helmets are they're phenomenal. I mean, they're good. There's a reason why seven-time Jimmy Johnson uses them, right? Right, exactly. Look at his seven-time champion. That I mean, there was so much fuss about that helmet when he was going for that championship. I mean, they had the helmet made specifically for that. Yeah, and, and, and he comes out, 
and he says the paint scheme Bubba Wallace has is garbage and says some other derogatory things on his social media, and I'll be damned, Billy Bradley, after me giving NASCAR um, weeks of shit for, you know, finally when it's, when it's uh, you know, a little bit less risky to come out and support um, racial equality, uh, finally they come out and say something. Uh, but, but shit, Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, um, Kyle Busch, they all dropped beam designs because of his stance on, on equality. And, and now all of a sudden, Billy Bradley, I have seen drivers, I have seen NASCAR do something with their actions that makes me believe that they fully believe in what they're talking about. NASCAR came out, they banned the, NAS, the, the flag, uh, the, the Confederate flag, which, I mean, there ain't another fucking sport on the planet that, present, that displays that fucking Confederate flag except for NASCAR, for Christ's sake. It's embarrassing that they didn't do it in 2016. But they well, banned the flag. you go all the way back to even 2015, we you know, when we had the Charleston Dutch yes. church shoot up. That's Brian, right. Brian France came out and said that he would, he publicly came out and said he would like the, the president of the NASCAR said he would like to see this flag disappear from the sport. You know, he's the fucking president. You know, yeah. Steve Phelps, Steve Phelps got it done. Brian Brant said he would like to see it disappear. You make the calls. I mean, do it. But, you know, Brian, we all know where that went with Brian Brant. Steve Phelps got it done. And the you hear people talking about the closing the door on, on all the – the fans, no, they're not closing that door. They're just opening up the doors for everyone else to come in to be a fan. Really, that's a good way to put it. They opened the fucking door wider because fact of the matter is it's embarrassing that we didn't do it in 2015 and 2016. They actually talked about it, Billy Bradley, yeah. but that's oh. all they did. They talked. They didn't do shit about it. They said it, in my opinion, so that the press could put out things. This is NASCAR president. He says he wants to ban it. Well, then they, nobody ever followed up with him and asked him, hey, why the fuck are you still not banning the, well, Daytona offered a, um, a flag exchange. Bring in a Confederate flag, we'll give you a Daytona flag. Okay, yeah. that's great. But they still didn't outlaw the goddamn thing. They finally did. Steve Phelps this week, he banned the NASCAR, um, or the, the Confederate flag at NASCAR, and he also removed from the, um, from the protocol the fact that all teams must stand for the playing of the national anthem. And we saw, Billy, I mean, everybody on the planet has seen the black official on his knee with his, with his fist up um, during the national anthem at Atlanta. The man uh, um, that's uh, in question here is a, is a, um, he's a military vet and um, African-American and wanted to show support. He did it. And so NASCAR now has changed with their actions. In 2015, 2016, all they did was talk about it. Um, that's all they did. They talked about it. No driver said shit. No driver said shit after Kyle Larson either. But now they're not only just saying something, really they're doing something about it, and I'm going to back off giving those guys a hard time, and I'm going to back off giving NASCAR a hard time because they, they're absolutely doing what they said they were going to do. I've recognized it, and it's time to move forward. Um, I was ready to move forward anyways, but I wasn't going to let them fucking forget that their own – because it seemed like, Billy, uh, without doing something, that all they were – they were just saying something because Kyle Larson said the N-word. Well, now they're making a difference. They're making a change, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be more proud or more happy to be associated with the sport because they're finally moving in the right direction. It took Brian France yep. getting – busted um, of a traffic violation while being on drugs to get it done, but hey, sometimes, you know, sometimes good comes out of, um, um, you know, <laughs> dumb shit things that people yeah. do, yeah. Um, I'm uh, right Rob there Lowe, with you. And... Go ahead, Billy. No, I was about to say, I'm right there with you, and to the fans that, I mean, we just saw this Wednesday night, to the few fans that we lost, we gained a shit ton more back over that Wednesday night race. Billy, it's, I'll put it like this. Um, a lot of people are afraid to change because, um, I mean, I, and people are afraid to change because they're scared. People are afraid to change because it's different. 
It's uncomfortable. A lot of people would rather stay in shitty situations. Everybody close your fucking eyes and think about your family members that have stayed with a boyfriend, a girlfriend, um, a significant other, uh, whatever, longer than they should because they, it was just change and they, they were scared to make a change even though they should have. I mean, I, it, I, I get it. I understand it. Um, those people who we lost, we don't fucking need them. We don't fucking want them. It, it, it's, it's a, it, it can't happen. It can't be allowed to go on. And the longer we're silent and the longer we don't do anything with our actions, all we're doing is, is, is letting it be okay. If, if you are a man and you have a brother or a brother-in-law that's abusing his wife when he gets drunk and you allow it to happen, you should have your fucking Here's ass kicked twice as hard. Yep. I mean, I, it's, yep. it's, somebody's got a drinking problem. You're just a fucking pussy. And you can't let shit like that happen. And we're finally doing something with our actions. I, not only do I support it, I fucking love it, and I'm, I'm glad to see it finally turn in this direction. Rob Lopes, I know you guys have been literally busier than hell. You described to us off, off air how uh, you got home at 1.30 or back at the shop at 6.30 in the morning on, uh, on Thursday and, uh, and worked till 6 o'clock at night, but in the garage – is there? Have you guys even had a chance to talk about the changes of the flag and, and and all that kind of stuff? Did you did you notice any buzz in the garage around the forty three or anything? Can, is, can you describe the mood or have you even had a chance to, to fathom it? Um, I I mean we saw the car and I was like, you know, hey, okay, I get it. Um, there I, I will I will point out one conversation that really. Struck a chord with me, um, and that's. Well, I had a conversation with another crew guy, and we were trying. And and, and I don't, I don't know if this is right or wrong or whatever, but this this is where I struggle with all this. Is I don't know what to do different. Like everybody's like, we got to change, we got to change. Well, the thing yeah. of it is, is I don't know what to do different because I see people as people. Yeah. Right. You're there's, the there's, 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 there's love out there, there's hate out there, there's good out there, there's evil out there. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. If you're a good person, you're a good person. If, you, if you're exactly. evil, you're evil. It, that knows no color. And the, the problem I have is, is like, okay, what do I do different? Because I just look at you as a person. Yeah. Look, man, I, and I realize life is different in, the, in, the, in America. Life is different all across the world. And a lot, and there, are, there is judgmental people out there based on skin color. I get it, I totally get it. But I have sure. trouble grasping it because that's not the way I think. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't Rob, understand. I'll tell you. I, like I, I can't understand. Like, well, how can you? How can somebody do this? Because I don't think that way, and my brain doesn't work that way. So I can't understand how people that do think that way. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's almost. I almost sound ignorant to the fact because I just can't fathom that whole process. Rob, I thought the does same that make any thing. sense? Of course. And you know, you want to know what you do different? You don't do a damn thing different because you're a good person. You know, I thought the same thing. How can I change? How can I do better? But you know, I thought. I mean, hell, I don't. I can't change. I mean, I, I see everybody as people, just like I mean. If I need somebody's blood, I'm not going to say, "Hey, what color skin's blood's at?" You know, blood's red. So you can't change, and, Rob. And, you just, and, and the color of our and the color of our blood is all the same. That's exactly right. Yeah. We all bleed red. The important part here, as we as we move forward, is is not doing anything radically different in in our lives for those of us who who recognize people as being people. the 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 important part here is is that we have support and compassion. Because in 2015, 2016, when all this shit happened, um, nobody wanted to recognize the fact that there was still issues deep in this country to the people that they didn't know, Uh, that people were afraid to go protest, people were to... Uh, uh, or, or shy, or like I don't understand, I don't get it. I don't. It doesn't matter. The important part is, is that everybody knows where we stand, and where we stand is, we we don't support 
anything other than inclusion and equality. And I think that the mere the mere being aware of that that is a very 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 important thing to a large segment of our population already makes it better. Most of us listening to this podcast probably don't need to. We I mean it ain't like we got to you know, take down the, the fucking noose that's hanging up in our in our shed or something crazy. That's not that's not what we're talking about. Um, what we're talking about is just simply acknowledging the fact that there is still a huge struggle for a large segment of this population, and it's it's time to get it fucking Agreed. right. And, and and it's right. it's mostly that fucking simple. Listening to somebody, I, I, when I listen to the pain of fucking Jimmy Wags go through this, and by the way, um, Rochelle Boykin, uh, Jimmy Wags and I talked the night that the, the, the podcast aired. Um, uh, she texted. She was ex- extremely um, uh, thankful for the podcast and, um, and was glad that Jimmy got to speak and put his views out there. A lot of people of color have been in environments where it's extremely difficult to be able to just physically say how they feel. They, they've been ashamed, they've been embarrassed, they've been, you know, told not to do it, blah, blah, blah. And so what happens is the, the more that they're afraid to say something, uh, when something happens, then the more it gets in there and the more problem it is. You know, if you have an issue and you're not working out, working it out through, you know, therapy, whether it's uh, professional or friends or, or close confidants, you're making a mistake. And the biggest thing that I took from Jimmy Wags and Rochelle Boykin, and by the way, the lead singer, the, the lead guitarist, the fucker's better than I am, of Sloppy Yellow, also happens to be black. Uh, he's my damn best friend in Texas. And they all three said the exact same thing to me. Hey, all we want is to be heard. They know we're not going to flip a fucking switch um, and make this thing happen overnight, but they just want to be heard, and it's just as simple as that. And, Rob, the conversation you just described is one that a lot of people are having because racists don't have inherent different things they need to change. The the things that we need to change for the biggest, largest group of us in America is so fucking subtle it's not even funny. It's akin to slapping a one-inch by one-inch piece of tape on the fucking grill at Dalladega and being able to fly like a son of a bitch around there with a one-inch by one-inch piece of tape. We don't need to go and do drastic things. We just need to keep moving forward and have an open mind about things. And I think if we do that, we're going to be a hell of a lot better. We don't need to do what they're doing in fucking Portland and Seattle. Those dumb motherfuckers are, are absolutely crazy with their little – uh, autonomous zones and all those kind of stuff. That's not what the fuck where anybody's talking about. That's not what I'm talking about, um, uh, for sure. But we can all just simply acknowledge the fact that there's still issues with it. It's time to move past it. And now, right, all of us are looking forward to it. All of us are in the discussion. Uh, this is the first time, you know, Rob, Billy, and I have had this kind of a conversation, and it's just little tiny things like this. That may, I mean, I, hell, I ain't going to cut Jimmy Wags any fucking favors if he just says something stupid, Billy. I, hell, I busted <laughs> his ass yesterday in our group chat yeah. for Christ's sake. I mean, hell, yeah, I'm not going to treat anybody different, uh, but we're going to be – we're going to make sure that everybody knows that we have nothing but love and support, and um, and you don't do that by changing who you are, getting back to Rob Lopes' point. Uh, we, we don't do that unless, by changing Unless who you we need are. to. Unless, unless you need, you need to. to. That's exactly right. Yeah. I've seen – a lot of white people, I'm just going to come out and say it right here, I've seen a lot of white people lose their fucking shit trying to do stuff way above and beyond what is necessary to make it look or appear, quote-unquote, right. We don't need to do all that shit. We don't, there's, we don't need to, you know, bow in front of people and all that stupid kind of shit. All we need to do is just treat everybody equally and normal. That, that, if we can do that, and have an open mind and have a discussion with people and 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 and, a, and, a, and we can debate and and we can uh we can argue but at the end of the at the end of the conversation we got to be able to hug and and move on and yeah. i'm going to tell you something that i did in the last two weeks that um billy you know i've had i don't i don't tweet for anybody but myself and i and i think it's weird that that people would count followers or or 
how many people they lost or anything like that. I, I, I think it's laughable personally because I could not care. Twitter doesn't define anything about me. I, I tweet for myself, and if somebody doesn't like it, they don't fucking like it. I, it doesn't bother me. But, um, oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought, Billy. God damn it. What I was going to say. Oh, oh, okay, got it. Um, so and Billy's been around, with Rob, when people say, will you please follow me when you do this? I'm like, fuck, I don't even follow my son or daughter. No, I, I just don't <laughs> do it. Well, yeah. the last two weeks, I started following Twitter accounts from verified Twitter people who have a different uh, viewpoint than what I do politically, um, uh, politically um, and society and those sorts of things, only as a way to open up my mind. Now, most of the stuff I see I don't agree with, just like the, um, the mayor of Atlanta. I, I don't agree with – I wouldn't vote for her if she was in my city, but I tell you this shit. I appreciate the person who is that she is because she's a very kind person. She wants to keep everybody safe. At the end of the day, we disagree politically, but that doesn't mean she's a piece of shit. doesn't mean I'm a piece of shit. And so in the last couple of weeks, I have followed five different accounts that I would have not followed otherwise. And I'm just, just to get a different perspective, even if I don't agree with it, I need to be able to read that shit and, and process it and understand where somebody's coming from even after I understand where they're coming from, I still don't, dis- I don't agree with it, but that's okay. But what I can't say is call them names, um, uh, have, you know, treat them any differently because of their race or that sort of thing. I, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, <laughs> Billy Bradley knows uh, half the time Jimmy Wags and I are in our group chat. Uh, we're yelling at each other about something. Um, uh, <laughs> each other shit about uh, Trump or all this other kind of stuff. I won't. Billy, I thought yesterday's conversation was hilarious. I won't bring it up on the air unless uh, unless Jimmy Wags <laughs> wants to. But um, Rob, this is all to say, and we're going to cut this short, and move on to Homestead here. But um, okay. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Rob, I think what you're doing is exactly what you're supposed to do, and and yeah, it, it can be just as simple as that. In fact, of the matter is, good people just need to continue being good people. Um, right. There's and, and and that's the important part here. It's like. You know, we've all heard the test about the grocery cart. You know, how you can tell society is good if if, if the grocery yes. carts are back where they're supposed to be in the parking lot, right? Yeah. Well, all we a need bit, to do a very simple test. That's exactly right. I, was, I yeah. was thinking about that as you as just you brought it up. Yeah. All we got to yep. do is 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 what Rob Lope says uh, a lot of times on this podcast. Take a shopping cart back. Just just. just Help somebody. Take a, just be a just don't be an asshole. And I think I think we can we can move forward in a in a very positive direction. Let's go to Homestead here real quick because um, I've got uh, seven minutes to be on a job site that is four minutes away. Um, Homestead, Billy Bradley, uh, multi groove progressive banking. Um, we, we like to, people can ride on the bottom, in the middle, at the top. Um, you know, Dale Jr. was a was a rim rider for years. It was awesome to see him get up against that damn wall and move around there. Um, it hasn't produced super fantastic racing, in my opinion, Billy Bradley, because every time well, we go down there, four, four racers that's been allowed to race. <laughs> that's exactly there. right. There's only been four people racing in the fucking race uh, um, for, the, for the last, you know, decade or, or 15 years or whatever because <laughs> everybody else lays the fuck over when they come back. But I am really, really, really excited that we're going to actually see a race with all the competitors out there for the first time in, in I mean, I've never seen one like I, that's not true. I, we haven't seen anything like this since um, since they changed the format, you know, to go to this playoff system. But I'm excited about this. Rob Lopes, the progressive banking on here. Talk to us about, you know, the, the tire wear and that sort of thing. If Dale Jr. Uh, or Tyler Reddick now is a is – a, he likes to get up there um, and run pretty good. By the way, Billy, he's impressing me. But do you have to set the car up differently for – air temperatures or anything like that, depending on, you know, kind of where your driver likes to be on that track, Rob? I, I don't think – I don't – well, you're, you're the, the question you just asked for two different – kind of cover two different spots. Mm-hmm. We are going to Homestead at a different time of year than we're used to. Yeah. We've always gone in November. And at South Florida, it's going to be warm no matter what time of year you're there. Yeah. But the fact that we're, now we're going later than what we – was originally planned for this season, and 
much earlier than we traditional. And like you said, the racing format has been different, so it's changed the racing there. What you will see, this is just, and this is just me talking, what you will see now is that track is a tire eater. A lot of tire fall off. You know, you can run the top, you can run the middle, you can run the bottom. You, what you're going to see is a lot different characteristics. Yeah. Just because a track will be hot. You're still, it's still the same racetrack, but just like you mentioned, now there is 40 cars racing, not just four. Yeah. And the other, yeah. and the other 36 out there just making laps and just trying to gain position. Yeah. Now you're going to see everybody race. It's going to be hot. It's going to be slick. The tires wear out to begin with because that place is very abrasive. And yeah. I think you will see a much better race because of all these factors. Yeah. Well, all these factors was, together. You're going to have you're going to have to set your car up mechanically for more mechanical grip because of the you you've always gone down there for aero and aero's aero. Yeah. But you're going to need more mechanical grip because of the temperature change. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Billy Bradley, we're going back down to Homestead and um Dale Jr is going to be racing a race and there's going to be a thousand fucking fans in the stands. 2020 is absolutely the shittiest year on record as far as I'm concerned. Um, and that makes that puts the icing on the cake. We, I mean, so many of us had tickets to go to Homestead uh, just to see uh, Junior race. And now, and then the coronavirus came. We're like, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do it later in the year and, and we can all go see it. And then it is later in the year and we're still not all going to go see it. Yeah, still can't, still can't go see it. But Billy Bradley, they're going to go down to Homestead. They're not going to have uh, much practice. When we come back from, uh, you know, normal operations, I, do we need to keep practice in there, Billy? No, absolutely not. I'm done with it. It's, I, it's, uh, I love this fact that, I mean, just like at Martinsville, we saw the, the top-tier JGR teams struggle on track. You know, Grand, they worked on their cars throughout. Some got better, we, so we already talked about it, but... I think we just put them on the track, right? Billy, if you would have told me last year at this time that NASCAR was going to get away with practice, I would have questioned that. I wouldn't have been afraid of it, but I'd have been like, "Hmm, you are you are really taking away a lot of." I mean, the teams love practice. I mean, they like some practice. I don't know if they like all the practice, but they they, 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 they like some practice. Um, you know, the fans that are at the track, love it. when I'm at the track, I want cars on it, Billy. I don't yeah. want to be sitting there in quiet. I love it when I can't hear my neighbor talking to me because that's what I'm there for. I'm there to see cars on a track. But as a fan sitting at home, Billy, it has absolutely impacted the racing in a positive way. And, and, and I, I can't wait to – listen, I can't wait to see him come to Texas when it's 100 and, you know – 15 degrees. That track surface is going to be 160 degrees easy, but I can't wait to see him go to Homestead. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. They've never, never, Billy, has, has cars been on that track at that time of year and all racing for position to win. I am like Rob Lopes. I'm very hopeful we're going to see a fantastic, a fantastic race. And I got to tell you, I've been I've been high on Jimmy Johnson the last couple of weeks. Rob Lopes kind of opened my eyes yeah. a couple of weeks ago when he was when he was talking about him, and and I'll be damned if you know hey, we, we keep seeing him up go up. Yeah, I asked Joey Logano Wednesday night and lead some light. Won a stage, won a stage, and it was like I mean, it's, I'll be honest with you, it, it didn't even feel that weird because we're used to seeing Jimmy Johnson up there, and as soon as he won a stage, I was like, well, shit. I guess Jimmy's definitely a force to be reckoned with, but a lot of stories coming out here. I'm going to start with uh, Rob Lopes because uh, he, he he picked um, Rob. I think you won um, versus you and I um, at Atlanta. Yeah, of you, you took Kevin Harvick, so um, uh, you did well. But I'm going to start with you, Rob. Who is your winner and who is your dark horse, brother? Martin Truex is the winner. Nice. Jimmy Johnson is my exactly. dark horse. Son of a bitch. You hate this. <laughs> All right, Billy Bradley, who you got, bud? I will go with uh, Denny Hamlin and Tyler Reddick. Son of a bitch. Wow. 
That damn Tyler Reddick was exactly who I was going to take, Billy. I'm um, worried about him keeping the whole race under control, though. You know, that high side, it, you, you get up in that wall, but Rob took my dark horse. So. Billy, I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to take shit for it, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, Tyler Reddick does not appear from Texas to be in very good shape physically. He looks like he's got some baby fat around him. And I don't know that if he's going to be able to wheel that son of a bitch, and that, they're, hey, drivers that are in good shape are struggling when they get out of the car, okay? Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I, I don't know that he can keep that up against that wall. Um, I mean, Dale Jr., Kyle Larson has done it as, as, as good as anybody, and both those cats sometimes hit the wall. It takes extreme yeah. concentration, and we ain't racing there in November. So it, I, I, I yeah. definitely see where you're coming from. And Rob Lopes has made, made the case about, you know, the slick track Shit, and all that kind of stuff. I'm worried about Dale Jr. Saturday. Well, the other thing I was going to mention is we're going to find out about Tyler Reddick on, based on Saturday's race with, with Dale Jr. If Dale Jr. can get up there and run that whole race, um, now, Dale Jr. has probably been very cognizant of this because he's been out of the sport a while. He's, run, he's running one race. He's probably in the best shape he's been in a long time uh, for this race, be my guess. He don't want to bear himself or anything. But it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to get on with it here and, and move, move, move myself here. I, I think Kevin Harvick is on a, a great streak right now. His short run yeah, yeah. program, as David Smith um, said something, uh, on his podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, he put out an analysis, a great thing. But I also have to believe that Brad Keselowski is is on an absolute terror. He didn't give – Billy, did you see him just run down Joe McConnell, move him the hell out of the way, and go around him? <laughs> yep. Thanks cars were strong in Martinsville. Yeah, they, absolutely. They All were. of them. Yeah. Even you take 21, that, I mean, ain't they yeah. pretty much a satellite car off of Pinsky? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, look, and all four of them. They all did well at one point in the race. Penske was one, two, three. I, I'm going to flip a coin. Literally, I'm going to flip a coin. I have a dime right here. And I'm going to flip a coin. And heads is going to be Harvick. Tails is. I got heads. I'm taking Harvick as my winner. Um, I'm taking Harvick as my winner. And it's going to sound dumb again. I'm going to pick him. I'm going to take the 14. Uh, that 14's got some speed, and 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 I, <laughs> so I you're think put a whole race together. At some point, Billy, they're going to put a whole. You're, you're going to ride that horse till it busts you. I, I can see that already. I, I, I'm dying too because I want to. You know, after 15 failed attempts, I want to be able to yell, "I told you so!" and and then and then whimper away <laughs> because I I wasted 15 times on Clint Boyer, but. Um, Rob Lopes has got a strong damn team with a 19 and a 48. I, both of those cars could win. The 11 and the and the 8, Billy, I really like that that 8 pick. That's going to be very interesting to watch. He is a phenomenal driver, by the way, that Tyler Reddick. Um, Denny Hamlin is so pissed off. Billy, if I thought calling him Dennis would make him angry, I would have stopped calling him Demi a long time ago. Hey, you know, I sent you guys a, a text about some Twitter beef between him and Corey LaJoy. Did you guys notice the, the only reason Corey LaJoy stayed out to lead at Martinsville? You know who's going to get their lap back, right? Yeah, the 11. Yeah. <laughs> is that not gold? I thought it was fantastic. I literally, this is no shit now, I might have had a few bourbons in me. Uh, maybe that's why I thought the race was so good, but I literally stood up and laughed. I, I stood up on the couch, pointed at the TV, and fucking laughed when I saw that Corey Toy stayed out just to put that son of a bitch a lap down. I thought that was absolutely, uh, absolutely fantastic. I, I really like Corey LaJoy a lot. I got to tell you something else. I'm going to come clean right now. Really, in the last two weeks, I have almost come 180 degrees on Baby Jesus. His tweets are actually pretty funny. Um, he's come out of his shell like crazy in the last month. And that dude, I'm telling you, and listen, I'd like people to think that I'm a very fair person. I have bashed the living shit. I've lost friends. Oh, hell, the dumbass that got his fucking uh, um, sloppy yellow tattoo on his fucking leg, Billy Bradley, fucking hates my guts now because I don't like baby Jesus. That son of a bitch is walking around with a sloppy yellow tattoo on his fucking calf, and he hates and me. And blocked. Billy. 
Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. Chase Elliott has become the face of the sport that we've been wanting to see. I I never thought it would have come out like he has. I mean, and I would agree with you. I've kind of, not that I'm cheering for him, but I like this version of Chase. I like this version of Chase a lot better. This is exactly what the sport needs. I think it's um, phenomenal. I, I, I feel bad for for Rob Lopes and the guys in the garage and, and going through this, but I'm also going to say this. I think Rob Lopes and all the guys in the garage and everybody associated with NASCAR years from now are going to point to 2020 and they're going to talk about it with very fond memories about how not only how hard it was, but I, I there is no way that anything like this can be can be accomplished if, if you're not 100%, and I mean 100% focused as a team. Hasn't been any bad hiccups by anybody in that garage so far. Uh, most people are there competing, and 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 Rob, I know it's a it's it's tough, and I know it's a pain in the ass. Um, uh, but this fan right here uh, appreciates the shit what everybody in the industry is doing right now because it is not only yeah. bringing joy to to us here at at home that you know we don't get to go visit the racetrack, but we're getting to see racing, and we're getting to see three races in a fucking week. I, I know it's tough, brother, yeah. um, but. I, yeah. I appreciate the hell out of it, and I'm, I can't wait for the season to be over. Uh, I mean, I, just so we can hear you talk about just literally how tough it was. You ain't got time to talk about that shit now, but, damn, what a story. Yeah, Dan, I agree with everything you said as a fan. It's It's been amazing. You know, we give NASCAR so much shit over the years and give them credit when it's time to do. You know, and just to hear, I think I heard on ESPN uh, the first race back that Several football owners sent their head security staff to Darlington the first race back just to watch how they how NASCAR was doing this. So I mean NASCAR has paved the way for NFL, baseball, basketball, all these teams to come back. So you know, yeah. hats off to NASCAR and all you guys, Rob, for the I mean the grueling schedule. I mean. Three days a week, Sunday, well, Wednesday, Sunday. That's, everybody's doing a lot of work. I mean, yes. the, the, just, just the, I mean, and it's the team guys, obviously the team guys, we're working our tails off. Um, the NASCAR officials are working their tails off because, you know, they've got to be in town a day or two ahead of us. Yeah. Um, the, the, the people that are putting on the show for TV, obviously this is for TV because there's no fans in the stands. They have to be in town two days before us because it takes them two days to get everything set up to get those miles of wires set up and cameras and all that sort of stuff. Everybody's working their butts off to make this happen. And we're glad that everybody's enjoying it, and we're glad that we're part of paving the way to get live sports back into everybody's life now. The other thing I thought about while you guys were talking was this season is going to change the face, or not the face, well, it will change the face of the sport, but it's going yeah, to change our sport in many facets. Practice time, how much time we're at the weekend, you know, we're in town for the weekend. It's obviously you don't need this much practice. Qualifying, not that, you know, qualifying is qualifying. You know, yeah. the, Billy, I know you disagree with the way we're lining up the field, but I think it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, I like and, the concept. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of changes that are going to happen. As pissed off as we are about the year 2020, there's a lot of good that's going to come from this in many facets across many different lives in our country. Yeah. Um, For months and months and months last year, I kept saying, boys, 2020 is going to go down as um, one of the best NASCAR seasons of all time. And I said that because everybody knew exactly what the car was doing. We were going to get a brand-new car in 2021, and we would probably see the best action we're going to see in 2020 for a couple of years as we learn this new car and all that kind of stuff. Well, I was wrong, Billy Bradley. The best year NASCAR is going to have is not 20 uh, – or I was wrong for the reason. The, we're, 2020 is going to be a fantastic year because COVID <laughs> is forcing us to completely change everything that we're doing on the racetrack in the industry. And, yes. and NASCAR as an industry is a big uh, – fucking ship it ain't a speedboat uh, this when you got to turn a cruise ship you it takes a while you got to completely stop that damn thing you got to put it in reverse a little bit 
And that's how you turn around and go forward. A speedboat just goes up there, zoop, turns and goes back, and we are turning that big-ass NASCAR ship as fast as I – I didn't think it could move this fast. We are – those guys have done an, an amazing job. And, Bill, you're right, we bash the shit out of those guys when it's appropriate. Uh, but I, we also give them props when it's appropriate, props to NASCAR, props to the, the drivers, the crew guys, everybody behind – the officials, everybody behind the, the scenes that makes this shit happen because – it's an absolute gift to the world right now, and I mean that truly in every sense of the word. It's a gift right wow, now to have this good. season the way it's going. And um, I honestly, I, I couldn't be happier with what way it is in the face of everything that's going on to be able to work through um, the protests, the coronavirus, the stay-at-home orders, all this kind of stuff, and still be able to put the show on and and it'd be phenomenal. It's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing that everybody should take pride in. For Rob Lokes. For Billy Bradley, this is Dado saying, let's go down to Homestead and see a hell of a race. What do you boys say? Let's go to Florida. Let's do it. Do it.